Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. So, Barry Corder, when we uh, hit the record button, he said, we should start every show from now on with Dolly Parton. Well, we are starting with my Dolly Parton. (laughs) And my big uh, prediction for 2020 is uh, Brittany Howard getting a major slot. Uh, at night on a main stage because, uh, oh my God, is her uh, solo album amazing. Her solo show is phenomenal. And uh, she's one of many artists that at least I've seen over the past six months that I absolutely think will have a major, major role in 2020. I can see that. Absolutely see that. And uh, I know you're kind of a big fan. Just a bit. Just a touch. Yeah, just a touch. And it all started at that Bonnaroo show on this uh, tent Seen Alabama Shakes, which was one of the most amazing moments of my Bonnaroo career, is watching a band blow up right before my eyes. It's the best, isn't it? It is such a good feeling, and knowing it's happening, and yeah. knowing it's happening in the moment. Oh yeah. man, yeah, feels uh, great. I get it, and uh, you're 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 like on Christmas card level now, aren't you? With me and Brittany, you with met Brit the fam, yeah. The, the <laughs> I did. Met her dad. I, I did and... meet dad. Yeah, I finally got to meet dad and. Uh, it was a very weird story when I saw her at the Ryman. She, uh, I was standing there, and now, granted, I, I had a feeling like the record people sort of prepared her, but they weren't around. So I have to say, like nobody that would have known me was around to prepare her for me being there. So I'm sitting there talking to KJ and blah 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 blah. I turn around and there's Brittany Howard, and she goes, "Brad, how are you?" Yeah, see, that's a feeling, man. That's of, a feeling. It's one of two or three things. Either she remembers you because you're so annoying, <laughs> or the record people said the annoying guy in there is going to be called Brad. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> or she just likes you. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, so, uh, welcome back. Uh, Bonnaroo 2020, uh, quickly approaching. I guess uh, this is a little one off episode that we're doing just to say hi and remind you that we're still alive. Yeah. Still we, doing okay. It's a, it's a funny story. I'm embarrassed to share. But this is kind of what happens to me. What do you mean? Well, I was on one of those Google invitations you, for a calendar. It's called Tinder. In, in, invitation. 
And lo and behold, I get an acceptance uh-huh. from Jeff Quayar, who said, yeah, I'm happy to do the podcast on blah, blah, blah. And I looked and I thought, I don't remember inviting you yeah. to do uh-huh. this. But we saw him. I saw him at Moon River. And he now said, I'm miss- looking forward to next Tuesday. Yeah, I think you're missing a big part of the story. Which in is? that uh, you were probably six drinks in. No, no, when you this made was the Google weeks invite. before. Really? I thought it was like the night of that you made the invite to him. And he's like, sure, I'll be there tomorrow. No, no, oh. it was weeks before. and But it was at the, I, I think I tell this story later, the, uh, the bourbon that Drew Holcomb and the Moon River f- people had uh, curated, especially for Moon River. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it. Until after I'd had about three shots, that it had like 118 proof oh, nice. or something. Oh, good so for you. I had a really good time. Yeah, so we <laughs> we have Jeff Quayar on today uh, from AC Entertainment, and we go through a couple of things. First, we talk about Moon River, which is the boutique festival we sort of talked about last season that's here in Chattanooga. It happens right there on the riverfront, and it is diametri- diametrically opposed to the other music festival we have in this town, which is total garbage. It's exactly the worst music festival in the country versus damn near one of the best music festivals in the country. And I I really do, if you get a chance, if you live close enough to Chattanooga, uh, check out Moon River if you're into this type of Americana sort of music. It is so well done. So we talk a little bit of Moon River. We talk a little bit about... Uh, Exit 111 Fest, which is coming up, if you're listening to this uh, pretty you know, close to the 1st of October, yeah, it's, it's happening next weekend next at week the Farm in Manchester, and then we get into a little bit of Bonnaroo 2020 talk. Uh, before we get into that, though, I want to sort of, the, the whole point of this was I made a list of artists that I truly thought were going to be at Bonnaroo next year. Uh, and you probably are doing the same thing right now at home. Not necessarily a wish list. So don't really give us a wish list. Give us a, an idea of bands that you think are actually going to be there. I've got my list, and I made this the 1st of July. Okay. Uh, I've, I've even got it n- numbered. And since then, two of my bands that I absolutely were convinced were going to be there have already said no. Yeah. And that's a little bit piece of news that I wanted to share with you. I didn't know that this was all... I don't actually I don't. I don't know if it's already officially out there. I don't know if somebody's actually said this, but I got an absolute conf- confirmation that two artists specifically will not be a Bonnaroo. Yeah, and one of them you were all in on, right? All in. I mean, bet in the house. Yeah, type I was. Of thing. Yeah, I was, was like right my, there with you. And it was not my only big bet. not only was I with you on it, but I thought uh, the, one of the the key people in the group might be very much involved in the um, uh, Super Jam. Yeah. After we after we talked about that, hmm. yeah, I could I could see that happening. For so sure. so I'll just go ahead and give you what I know, um, and I can uh, first off, I know fifty fifty for the Black Keys. It's fifty fifty on the Black Keys. That they was don't the one. they don't have a, a confirmation yes, and they don't have an absolute no. It's a lean no currently, but um, I'm giving that a fifty fifty because you just don't know when you know push comes to shove, the money gets handed to you. Right. If you're a yes or no. Uh, I was convinced they were going to be there, but um, I've actually heard some things. Uh, in fact, I can't say this, but I'm going to write it down to Barry so that he knows that my sources are are good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so this is what's actually going to happen. And that happens, that happens next year, and I don't know how that really works. I don't know how that's going to work with the Black Keys. I'll just put it that way. So um, it could happen. It could very well happen. All right. Secondly, 
Um, this is absolutely for sure. Billie Eilish is out. Absolutely out. Breaks my heart. Yeah, and so I, I know she's got some tour dates in and around uh, like June in Europe, so you could probably have already done the guesswork on this, uh, but I got the official out from somebody I know. She, I just love her. She's one that I would add on my list that I would actually travel to go see. Well, which here's is the a thing. short list for me. I've seen the show a few times. The first one I saw in Lollapalooza, it, it, it was very strange. I was like, wow, this girl has got it, right? She's absolutely, uh, she pulls you in in a way that, like, I don't remember, you know, a 17 year old ever doing that before. Right. And then uh, she has this amazing arena tour that people uh, go crazy about. Then I saw, then the Music Midtown thing happened. And I don't know what the difference from you know a year and a half ago to this year but boy the crowd that was there at least and maybe it's a music midtown problem which by the way i think is a terrible festival i think just it's ran awfully awfully is that a word awfully okay all right hey you're the writer you tell me yeah you're the smart one in the group it's terrible yeah it's really bad so horrible. um i don't the crowd was horrible it was horrible for that uh, billy eilish show so i didn't even stay i didn't even watch it yeah well that happens uh i just think she's I think she's great. Everything she does from the the Hot Ones episode that mm-hmm. I've seen to just the way she treats her fans. So that's I, a shame. Look, I, really I do. Hoping to see her. I do Top 40 Radio. I don't think that there has been a more challenging and a, a better song in maybe the Top 40 format than Bad Guy. The fact that that was so difficult for radio to wrap their head around and find a place for, on top of that, the lyrical content with it. Uh, the way it was produced, it's totally different than anything in top that Top 40 has damn near ever heard. Yeah. I mean, I equate it to maybe Smells Like Teen Spirit breaking through to Top 40 radio. That's as impactful as I think Bad Guy was uh, yeah. for this format. So uh, that's the one that I absolutely know is, is out. And uh, as far as an actual show show, uh, Chance Rapper is out. Now, these were two names that I had in my top four. <laughs> and that really, really, yeah. that really screws up my list. Well, I mean, I don't really do the prediction lists. I just don't spend as much time on it as you do and some other people. But uh, I think there were several people on your list that I would agree with. I don't have your list. Okay. I'll go through it. Go through it. Top two, li- top two names. Black Keys, Chance the Rapper. <laughs> so <laughs> already. <laughs> whoopsies. Scratch, scratch. Uh, then uh, my third one was Zed. Uh, I'm just putting his name there because it's got to have some sort of EDM at the top. Right. Uh, and he, look, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know much about yeah. EDM, so I just put Zed there. That's my EDM slot. And then I think one that we all agree on is going to be there in a major way, and that's Tame Impala. Yeah. That um, the, there's just it it makes too much sense to come back, be put him on the what stage. Uh, make it a, a late night show or a nine o'clock, ten o'clock show with that light show for you know let him do their two-hour jam set, which, you know, they sit on that line of being acceptable to the jam community. Um, uh, whatever. You know, you, you you they had too much success with the jam world last year to not do it again this year. Yeah. No, they're going to do it. Um, now, let me ask you this. In my next one on the list is My Morning Jacket. Now, I don't have a natural jam spot, right? I don't have a widespread panic like a lot of people are guessing or a string cheese incident, which I don't think can hold the what, well, damn near, maybe not even the witch. But uh, I do think a combination of My Morning Jacket and Tame Impala, do you think that makes the uh, the fish crowd happy? Do you think it brings those fish people back like maybe. they did last year? I was thinking Warren Haynes in some capacity as well, which, I mean, it could be... It could be widespread and Warren or, you know, Warren used to be the 
he was the Chance the Rapper of right. Bonnaroo for many, many years, and I don't, I don't remember the last time he was there. So he would be on my list. I got you. Um, and I don't know what configuration my morning jacket. You know, I'm a huge fan, but I don't like read up every day. We had Jim, uh, Jim James there last year, so mm-hmm. they come back with the full band. Maybe that could make some sense. Okay, and it's been a while since they've been there. So. My next name was Billie Eilish. That's absolutely out. And then uh, I've got Brittany Howard way up there. Now I, I went through a whole other list of of bands that just make sense, like um, you know, nineteen seventy five, Bass Nectar, Janelle Monae, uh, even Kelsey Ballerini. If they want to keep coming back to this. Uh, young country dynamic but then way 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 down my list and maybe 15 down is uh lizzo yeah now uh what's happened with lizzo since we talked to you last is unlike anything that i've seen she has become the biggest artist on the planet yeah and her she is shooting up festival lineups the fact that she's on the acl lineup uh, as low as she is, is is stunning at this point. But come next year, Bonnaroo, if she's doing the festival circuit, yeah. you can better believe she's going to be in the top three lines. Yeah, she's she's on mine. She would be definitely a prediction for me. And then much, much shorter list, but I'm going to predict because of the huge success of country music, the Ken Burns mm-hmm. documentary, that we're going to see something um, a Chris Christopherson, a Marty Stewart. Um, okay, one, one step better, which was on my list. I didn't mention him. Uh, I've got him number six, Zach Brown. Yeah, could be. Um, been kind of quiet lately. He has he? been very quiet, and Zach Brown does arenas, and he does big, big setups like this. So he would have, and by the way, has all the friends in the world in Nashville yeah. to, to make some sort of like Zach Brown country super jam happen. Yeah. I just think they have to capitalize on that. I mean, that documentary, we talked about it every single day at work. You know, we don't talk about anything every single day at the paper. But that people kept huddling. You know, I mean, it was a complete water cooler thing. I, I see. Talk about I it. see your point. I think you're. I think you're off just a touch. I think that the country lane is definitely something, but it's a younger, more uh, traditional country, not an older traditional country. At Bonnaroo? Yeah. Perhaps, but I mean they've done they've done the uh, legacy acts before. I know, but give me the last one they did. Uh, Wanda Jackson. Wanda Jackson was a long time ago. Ken, Kenny Rogers was a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. We kind of thought Lionel was going to be in that lane because he'd just done the country album, but he came and did you know his wedding singer stuff. I mean, um, unless you're giving me Dolly, which we talk about that with with Quayar a little bit. I, unless you're giving me Dolly, I don't think older country is where they're going. Perhaps not. I'm just thinking of uh, the songwriter aspect of it that was highlighted so much. I think people were fascinated by the Christofferson. And, you know, Marty Stewart was such a key element to that documentary. That's why I'm thinking of him. It, I I don't know that I have a specific name. Oh, I do. Now that I, I think a, about it. I have a feeling they're going to get. Um, what about Robert Earl? Robert Earl. Um, now, you could you could give me, I think they could go into a lane of like renegade country. Yeah, like outlaw country Steve stuff. Earl, uh, I mean, I mean they, see, I, Steve Earl. Steve yeah, Earl is what I mean, not Robert, not Robert Earl. Earl. Robert Earl. Robert Earl Keene, is that what you think? Yeah, I was thinking I Robert Earl Steve Earl. Um, uh, Steve Earl. Steve Earl is exactly what I was thinking. I think they definitely could. Um, now, you give me, how about this? Now, here's a conspiracy theory. You put Steve Earl on, on a lineup, and you put the Foo Fighters on a lineup. Ooh, I just talked to a couple of guys, uh, a band called the White Animals were here in town this week, and a couple of them, we had lunch, and... Uh, 
they had just seen the Foo Fighters at Pilgrimage. Um, and it was terrific, as you can imagine. So, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one that hadn't been there in a long, long time. time. Long time. Yeah, um, that's a good one. So, so I I do understand where you're going. So you got the country lane that that they're absolutely going to, I think, have to satisfy because it just makes too much sense, especially after all of the infrastructure they've built for Nashville, right? right? Yes, that's exactly. Then, secondly, I think that they are absolutely going to come back to this jam crowd. They saw too much success with Fish. They saw too much of their people back, and they see. I, if I'm guessing, if I'm them, I see the hole in the market. Yeah, just as a dollar and cents. These these are the people that we have to super serve. How do we do it? Now, here's a conversation I had the other day. I don't know that that music base has not grown. It's the same names yeah, every I was, year. I, I was just there's not just, there's not a new jam band that's come onto the scene that everybody's like these. This is the next step. That's why I sort of ask this Tame Impala. My morning jacket sort of make those that world happy. Does no, it? That's a great point. Um, you know, it's Umphreys, Strung, Widespread, Fish. Yep. Where's the new one? And who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a great point. Uh, so yeah, and, and they're going to get beat up if they put Widespread Panic number three or four. They're going to get beat up about doing the same old thing over again. So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's as a business decision, like a Warren Haynes, um, you know, Derek Trucks band. But Warren, I mean, my gosh, he plays with everybody. He could put together a yeah, be great. A super group of name it. Yeah, and and by the way, if you put Warren Haynes, and it's not for me, so yeah, yeah I'm not going to judge it. But if you give if you give that crowd a Sunday night Warren Haynes, the possibilities of who shows up, yeah, it's endless. Exactly. I mean, didn't we hear reports like Springsteen was on the farm last year? I don't remember. Yeah, so if if he just happens to be on the farm again, yeah. that would make total sense. Stuff like that, like the possibilities of that being, you know, a stop for you know all my friends and family becomes real, 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 I could, real. Yeah. I could see that. I don't know how. Um, rumors are that Ashley Caps is retiring. Is done. I wonder. You know, do they go? Is that a goodbye, Ashley kind of year? Now, or? wait a second. That are you? Are you saying this as news, as a reporter, as reporter from the Times? Well, that's what I'm wondering. How yeah. I don't know. Uh, is this? I don't a, think it's a secret. Is this a rumor that you've heard, or is well, this? Well, no. A, you I know, mean, he was making those noises when he when they sold to Live Nation that it was sort of the beginning. You know, that he was nearing the end of his career. He's of a certain age. He's done this for a long, long time. No, I don't. I do not have this news from him or or anyone specifically. It's just a rumor that I've I keep hearing. Here's the crazy thing: is if you, it, it's almost like uh, Tom Brady. If things are so easy for you, you know, I mean, it's not like you're you're you know getting tackled every play. You can you can work the system a little bit. Right. It would. I don't know why you would ever retire. You get to do this on sort of make your own schedule, make your own life out of this, make your own world. Why not? Why well, not you stay there that. forever? You say that. I'm sure there's a lot more involved to yeah, the maybe. day-to-day stuff that, you know, he's done and yeah. wants to, you know, you and I, when we, you and I talk to him, he loves the, I don't know if oddball or the, the non-traditional shows. He loves to go, you know, I mean, Big Ears is his, um, his festival. He, he, he has his own things that he likes to do, and uh, and his wife, and I think they like to travel. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. Just throwing that out there. I have yeah. nothing right. specific. That's on that, I mean, at that's all. that would 
that is going to send people's heads a rolling, thinking about the possibilities and where this goes. Because the second that you say Ashley has retired and is not necessarily part of the day to day, you start asking how much is that going to involve Live Nation taking over more of the the festival, and that scares people to death. Yeah, yeah. Well, change does number one, but they are the eight hundred pound gorilla. I understand that that change that scares everyone, but the only difference is here we have a um, we have the proof of what happens when they do take over. Yeah. And we've been through this, and it wasn't necessarily everybody's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it had its bumps. It, has, it, it has had its bumps. challenges. And again, but what we've always tried to say over and over and over is that it doesn't really matter. We hope to God it doesn't matter the top because we're not there for, we're not necessarily yeah. there for lineups. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know. Don't mess up a good thing. Yeah, obviously. and I do, and I do, I do want you to, to hopefully take from this. We're not, we're not lineup driven people. The lineup's just fun to talk about in the downtime, right? And I, I, I want to throw this in, and it's, it's local, but I'm hoping that it works out. I would love to see Strung Like a Horse, which is a great local band that is recording an album. Uh, our friend Nick Let's Go has also got a new album coming out. Yeah, and you and I have both been pushing to see him play yeah. there. I would love that. Uh, those are two two good local. You acts. really want to hurt his band, don't you, Nick's? Yes. Why is that? Because they're in giant cartoon heads. I know, and but they, they are they so wear, much fun. They wear these ridiculous outfits, right? And they're all dressed as monsters. And so the band is called the Gimmicks, exactly. and so they all have a gimmick. And in the Tennessee heat, in the middle of Bonnaroo, you want them to wear that outfit? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I. I it, they deserve it. I hope they get the chance. I do too, because uh, Nick Letzko is an amazing songwriter. He deserves to have a, a spot and a and a shot in front of an audience that's not just Chattanooga. Uh, so let's uh, bring in Jeff Quayar and talk all things AC Entertainment, whether it's Moon River. Exit 111 Fest that's coming up next weekend, or even Bonnaroo 2020. Jeff Quayar on the What Podcast with Brad Steiner and Barry Court. Hey, Barry, what's going on? How are you doing? Did you make it home safely and all? I made it home. I'm here. Are you still in a banana suit, Jeff? Are you still wearing a banana suit? <laughs> um, I actually just pulled my banana suit out of my bag as I've tried to unpack it. You know, I don't so know. I, I'm banana suit free at the moment. Yeah, I don't know who at AC Entertainment drew. Uh, I don't know what you guys did to uh, make some people mad, but uh, how you three got chosen as banana suit people? <laughs> you must have done something really, really bad, man. Uh, I, I wish I could say it was punishment, but it was actually my idea. Uh, <laughs> where, uh, yeah, it, it re- I can I can have to take ownership. This is my bad uh, that this is happening. But yeah, so last year during the site build, um, Drew wore a banana suit and like did some funny internet videos. And I jokingly said to Paul and Samantha Steele, who were part of his management company, um, and this was like I guess like the Saturday of festival. I was like. If I get banana suits, I'm getting you guys. I'm getting you guys in banana suits. And they go, there's like, there's like, there's, and I pinned them each against each other. And I said, and I said, Paul, if I can get Sam in a suit, you're in a suit. And she, and he's, and he's like, of course, she's not going to do it. I'm like, Sam, Paul's already said he's going to be in a suit if you're going to be in a suit. And she's like, well, if you've got Paul in a suit, then I'll do it. And then next thing you know, I've got Paul and Sam. I went and had a, a runner go get three banana suits. Yeah. And all three of us did it. We tried to get Drew in the banana suit, but he's like, you know, I got to leave and, you know, go have a kid. And I'm yeah. like, really? That's the excuse. Kind of a lame one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Ch- with Paul and Sam out having their kids, 
then Drew stepped in and uh, and jumped in the banana suit too. So we had what Brad and Rachel on our team in there, and then Drew came in uh, at the last minute and, and jumped in the suit as well. And we almost had Ellie in there too. Uh, but they had some kid stuff they had to figure out. Chattanooga, just imagine the talent you could have had if not if they wasted all of their budget on banana suits. Yeah. Everybody gets a banana suit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets a banana suit. Sure. So we should probably explain to anybody that was at Moon River, uh, but September seventh and eighth, eighth and ninth, the uh, the Sunday mm-hmm. as everyone is leaving, we're getting high fives from people in banana suits. Yeah, and it's great. Turns out Jeff Quayer and uh, Drew Holcomb, I guess, is one. Yeah. Of, my I mean, I took, I, I did the high yep. five. I did the high five, and I heard the voice, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Was that Quayar back there? <laughs> and I had to like, I feel like I yep. had to put my face in that banana suit hole just to see if it was you. <laughs> I had to rethink. Yep, uh, was, uh, I found it. out, Jeff, I saw you Sunday. Saturday, uh, Barry had a little more fun than he anticipated oh, on is that Saturday. Right? <laughs> All right. And I now know why. I, you know, Drew's. Got with the uh, old Dominican, old Dominic guys, the bourbon, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I bought mm-hmm. a couple. Old Dominic, yeah. Old Dominic, I bought a couple on Saturday, mm-hmm. and before I knew it, was uh, speaking in tongues. Yeah, sure. And then bought one on Sunday, and um, guy next to me at the bar said, "What's the alcohol content in these things?" And they said about a hundred and eighteen percent. Oh, that's all. Okay, <laughs> good. Just like the, yeah. just like the temperature. It was, it was just a little bit in there. Ooh, so you saw me, uh, and I, I was not right. Yeah, it was tough. The next morning I talked to Barry, and Barry said, did I have a good time? <laughs> did I say anything I shouldn't have? <laughs> yeah, it was a great time. By the way, when you look back on a festival like Moon River, uh, you guys the second year involved in it, what do you take away from it? It, it truly is, It's one of those events that is inspiring on so many levels. And it, 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 it starts from really, I'd say, the top down. And to have partners like Drew, Ellie, uh, the whole uh, AAA management team, how invested they are in the event. And I would say for us, it is, it's inspirational for our team and only gets us jazzed even more that we have got our artist partners that feel like we need, we need to deliver here too. Having like even the first year, Drew you know, jump around in a banana suit pre-fest uh, and trying to have those conversations with fans. I mean, Ellie, what? She was on stage Saturday night, and then Monday she's having a baby last mm-hmm. year, and then come into this year, and just that spirit and that energy, and, and I think Brandy Carlisle kind of said it best from the stage. She's like, this is a hell of a festival, mm-hmm. and it really is inspirational from that standpoint that when all of those pieces come together from the artist to the city and the, and the location, the fans, uh, the producers behind the scenes, that, that electric mix that kind of happened where it isn't, it's more than just a music festival. And, and I, I think everyone felt it from top to bottom. And you're right about that Brandy Carlisle line. And it wasn't just that. She kept coming back to the same thing over and over and over, saying how great of an experience this was for her. I mean, it's nice for you to get, you know, some, some play on stage from, you know, an artist. But to keep coming back to it over and over and over, she genuinely felt... It seemed as though that she loved this thing. Well, and I can say because the uh, the person who was responsible for sort of driving them, I guess golf carts, whatever, they didn't. They drove to town in their bus and didn't get off, so she had no idea what this festival was really? until they walked out on okay. stage. So I think that 
reaction was genuine. Yeah. She was like, holy crap, what is this? This is awesome. And uh, I mean, her, her social media post this morning was like, hey, Moon River, can we be best friends? Wow. Nice. I mean, like that alone. I, I agree. I think she had she had a hell of experience. I'll tell you. Um, it, and I think you saw it from every artist that played the, played the event. It was like, wow, there is. It's, it's like they weren't playing a stage. It's like they were hanging out with their best friends in the backyard. That's right. That's right. Uh, I will say yeah. that that I saw more artists hanging out at the festival, walking around the grounds, than I did in the art- artist area. Uh, honestly, it was mostly Barry in the artist area, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't walk out of there. <laughs> no, but it really is a testament to to what you guys have have curated here in Chattanooga. And the thing that I love so much is this is my first year. I didn't get a chance to see it last year, but man, it's amazing to have a, a place that you travel so often and you spend so much time in, get completely transformed and turned into something completely different. And not just different, but done so well and executed so well. This is my backyard. I literally live up the hill from this. And it's happening within 100 yards of my house. And not to mention, I don't feel as though I saw many people that I knew. That was the other crazy thing. I thought I would see so many people that, that I see on a daily basis but there were so many unfamiliar faces. There were so many people from out of town. Uh, I, I just couldn't have been more impressed with the execution of that thing. We appreciate it. It's, it's definitely a labor of love for, the, for, for this one, for us. It was, uh, it was truly a special experience. And it's one that I know the whole team now going into year two that we're all looking forward to. So you did such a great job a year ago or whenever it was. Um, I mean, Brad and I have talked about it on this podcast so many times that that conversation with you really was sort of game-changing for us because it was inside baseball. I know, I know. You don't Uh get compliments to your face a lot, I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was so insightful just on how to build something like this. Mm -hmm. We, We based our conversation with Drew Holcomb months later. You know about uh, we talked to him about how do you start up a festival and and so to be able to talk about uh, you know how do you move one um, you know with you and and we can go back to Bonnaroo uh, if you don't mind I want to bring it back because we haven't really talked sure. since one of the things that you pointed out to Brad and I a year ago that really resonated was the whole creating and curating an experience for the fans. And when we talked, we were sort of coming off of, or the 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 um, GA tents were kind of right. new, and so now we've got what year two, maybe year three of them, and we saw the numbers go up. Um, talk about how important that has been for Bonnaroo since two thousand and two to be able to make those kinds of changes and then see them see them work. It's fantastic. Uh, It's one of those things that's like, I think we know the ingredients that that are necessary for, you know, kind of building, building that, building this dinner uh, of of Bonnaroo and watching the landscape change as it is, you know, I don't want to say it was rinse and repeat at any point in time. um, But I do think that there was a, an element of that. And we had to take a serious look in the mirror and say, what are we trying to be? Where do we want, where do we want this thing to go? And what is the differentiator? Like wh- why is Bonnaroo special outside radiating positivity and bringing all these amazing people, artists and things together? And what can we do on the farm that really no one else can do? 
and no one else has the opportunity to put together along with a fan base that is willing to try and experiment with certain things. I mean, you know, Grant, over the years, we've, we've definitely taken some swings and not, you know, not connected. Uh, but for, to see the stuff like with the plazas and really take off, I think we all knew they could be successful. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of willing to take that risk and allowing to nurture it um, to make it to where it's, it's now, you know, a, a feature of vocal of the site. Let me add to that because back to Moon River real quick for people who, who weren't there. This is the second year in Chattanooga and in talking with Drew beforehand for the story that I wrote for the paper, the changes that they made were, were de- I would I would venture to say were not on anybody's radar until they started listening and getting the feedback. For example, one of the big changes was increasing the kids area. You know, I don't know that mm-hmm. that's something that's probably on a lot of festivals radar, but they added changing stations and put a stage up so that Ellie, who has a kid's book and a kid's record out, could actually perform, uh, moved it over safer and uh, over into an area that was kind of in between where the kids could play near the fountain. So, I mean, all of that just came from feedback, right? Neither really feedback, to be honest. I mean, it was, it's one of those things, and, and you kind of credit to maybe some of our staff, you know, myself, I've got two kids, but really kind of watching year one and seeing the kids that were there. I mean, it, it was a very family-friendly affair. Yeah. And I think it was one of those, like, why are we doing this? And then noticing that we did. We kind of had an area that was a, a little bit of a dead area, and it's next to the carousel, you know, right next to the, the fountain as well, or the, the splash pad. And so how can we take this in, and make a, make a zone out of it? I mean, same thing can be said for like Lookout Lodge. Like we, we tried it last year and that thing got so hot. It was so full on capacity. We're like, well, how can we make this experience better? Okay, let's pull down the door so the air conditioning stays inside and add a bigger screen outside so the big games everyone can watch. And those people that care about some of the smaller games, they can go inside, cool off, and uh, and see and see some sports there, but those types of things I don't think anyone's necessarily asking for. We just saw those as opportunities to elevate the fan experience based on what we saw from the previous year's festival. Well, I'm sure I'm glad that Barry brought that up because I it I it just now hit me. I have never seen that many kids at a music festival. Yeah, and oh having my a ball. god, there were so many kids there. Now that I think about it. Yeah. They were everywhere and comfortable, and, and never once did I did, was I upset that there was a kid around. <laughs> you know, normally Brad doesn't I'm, have kids. If you didn't, know. I, I don't. And and, nor- and normally I would be like, why is somebody bringing a right. kid to a music festival? But now that I think about it, yeah, it makes total sense. And here's the other thing too that is that is fascinating about the the Moon River experience: how clean it was, yep. and nobody mm-hmm. was smoking. I know that's crazy, yeah. but there is I, we have a we have a going joke at at camp at Bonnaroo that there you can't go an hour without cigarettes and farts, <laughs> and you can't, that is going to be something that just envelops you. Let's just in, go ahead and in, put it out there: Brad does not smoke. Okay. <laughs> I so, <laughs> so, so it's just it's it's very debilitating to me when I'm just covered in cigarette yeah, smoke sure. around around certain things. But uh, 
I was walking through the, the festival like that night, Sunday night. There wasn't a piece of trash on the ground. Wow, everybody self-polices, man. I saw one person in the entire festival smoking. That is unbelievable. So kids, not no smoking, and it's clean. Boy, you've got something pretty special if you can maintain those those three things. Well, i got to give a shout-out to Chattanooga Public Works. Their ability not only to keep the grounds clean, but the attitude they have while doing it is it's refreshing. I mean, those, are, those guys take pride in their work. And I mean, simply just like emptying trash cans with a smile on your face. It's one of those things that, you know, it's not the, it's not the greatest thing. And who mm-hmm. wants to empty trash? I mean, probably most of us at our own home probably, you know, delay emptying trash just because it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole team uh, from, from, from Chattanooga Public Works, like their just attitude and how they attacked it, smile on their face. You know, just please thank you to to fans and the fans just being respectful and and grateful for the job that they're doing. Uh, phenomenal team. Yeah, that's Absolutely right. Phenomenal team. And, and back to Bonnaroo for a second. Uh, so so I know we're bouncing around all, all the entire way here, going back and forth through so much for this. There's a there's a few threads that tie all this together. Where are you guys on the sure. Bonnaroo process? When you're in the middle of fall, September or so, where are you right about now? I mean, you're booking the festival is being booked, of course. Um, and then we are, I'd say, coming to the end of our evaluation of programs and how certain things went. And I think coming into 2020, we are, there's a lot of stuff, there's even more self-reflection of, of what is working and what is not. Mm-hmm. And how to, I mean, we're, we're a full-profit company. You know, I, I won't lie, and every event that we're doing, we're, we are looking to make a profit. So it's how, where can we enhance the experience and perhaps allow for us to um without uh, in, without adding too much expense well well hang on a second before, uh, before you go any, before you go things up that we don't need before you go any further yeah. what constitutes in your mind or or ac or the festival's mind is working a lot of it you could say is ancillary programs but then it does go down to other pieces like entry so how fast we're able to get people on the ground. Let's say that is a big one this year uh, that going into 2020 is addressing. We don't feel like we feel like we can do better. Mm-hmm. So how do we do better and how do we make it happen? Because we're limited, you know, with land, we're limited with entrances, you know, coming off of the interstate. Mm-hmm. We're limited in, in certain areas. So it's what what's causing the problem and how can we make it more efficient and safer? See that's that's fascinating. So that that what I would say is not working. I mean it's 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 working, but it's not working in our opinion at the highest level. Uh-huh. Along and those, that is one of those things I would say. How can we make it better? Along those lines, and not to put words into your mouth, but you talked to me anyway uh, on site this last time. One of the programs you got rid of that was working, you know, by some definitions was the role like a rock star right it was making mm-hmm. making money but you didn't think it fit the mission if i remember correctly and you replaced it with uh um what did you call it the wild in the woods wild in the woods right yeah w- yeah we're in the woods we're in the woods. woods yep so i mean that's a good example yeah, and that's, but- that's a it's a prime example you know look at what what one program is servicing and then what a shift could do for everybody else and, you know, nothing to knock the people who can afford an experience like we're like Rockstar. But we felt we could deliver something on a platinum scale and allow us to open more up to our, uh, to our general fan or to, you know, to, to our normal fans. And really to everybody because everyone has access to wear in the woods. 
and knowing that that is you know one of the one of the things that we you know we know you try to talk about trying to improve is is shade uh, and places to cool off. Uh, you know we've been planting trees every year since since the beginning, but as we all know, trees take a lot of time to grow. Uh, but that's one of the areas that we had on site that is shaded. But- so how can we create experience that more people can enjoy over there? It's fascinating here you describe in your terms you know how you guys come to the conclusion of what's working or not um, because you know what is constitutes working for maybe the general public may not be working for you guys and it's it's mm-hmm. refreshing to hear that it's not just monetary based that I'm sure there are no. there are plenty of things that are not working as a partnership when it comes to like how you make money and how you continue to move the festival forward but uh, but when you guys go to look and, and look at all the problems and you rank them from top to bottom, when you when you find the top problem, is it really a problem problem or is it something that you guys are just like, this could just be better? It's, is anything really a problem problem that you guys are dealing with? Uh, at this point in time, probably not. Okay. You know, I mean, we, we you know, we're definitely what, rolling into year 19. Um, you know, I would say nothing at this point in time is, is a significant problem. Like yeah. if it's not addressed, there will be you know, negative ramifications. Um, so yeah, it's probably more on us, but again, case change, people change, the environment changes. So what, what may have been cool 10 years ago is not cool anymore. Right. Right. And so you could say, you could, you could say that as a problem. Who would have, um, who would have challenged, I guess, another way to look at it. Who would have anticipated EDM 10 years ago, you know, going at it, going at it like you did and, and I imagine at some yep. point that may alter and something else replaces it or, you know. And when, when you, okay, so how about this? When you are, when you're addressing all of these things, you get, you're to the end of the evaluation process and you are building a lineup and, and you're building uh, the roster and you're, you're coming up with your uh, partners, your, 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 your basically the funding, the, the operation. And you also have a brand new festival that uh, you have to put on here in about uh, how many days and weeks? How do all of these things? How do all how do all these conversations happen at once? Um, I, I think we look at it like you look at each festival as its own festival. Uh, we recognize that you know we create the competition for ourselves in a lot of places, um, but you know each one is evaluated differently. And then after we feel like we're putting the best possible product out there. Um, we start to compare it against some of the other experiences, things that we're doing. But mm-hmm. each piece is different. I mean, I look at every one of our festivals and where some may be somewhat similar when it comes to a lineup or, or you know, we may take, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a piece that we're doing over here and then how do you apply it over here? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a, a good example of that is even um, the kids section. So we did Phillies and Colts at um, Railbird, which was the, really the first time we attempted to do kind of a kid's section. Um, and that is different than the kid's section we did at Moon River with the treehouse. Um, and a lot of our inspiration came from, you know, uh, I'm not hesitant to say this, Kidapalooza at Lollapalooza. I think they do a phenomenal job at engaging, you know, the those young fans. And the support that people have, in ter- or the support internally we have, in terms of cultivating those fans and those families. Because um, as a family, if you can bring a kid ten and under to your festival, you're—I mean, parents are more engaged. Mm. They, they want to be out there. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I, I'm, I have two kids, and if you're telling me I can get my kids in for free, 
mm-hmm. more than likely you're going to get me and my wife down there because we want to continue to have those types of exper- festival experiences, share them with our children. Um, so hopefully they're growing up to be festival attendees That's right. um, and, and want that type of experience. But so, I mean, kind of circling back to that original question is, yeah, there's that evaluation period and there's a focus in the timelines that we put together. And then we do take that step back and hit the 30,000 foot view and say, how does this fall in to everything else that we're doing and making sure that we can continue to deliver and hopefully over deliver on that specific festival, as well as every festival experience that we're putting out there. How involved are you personally and, and AC in general in exit 111? Uh, uh, we are partnering with C3 on that event. So we, we definitely have a role uh, in there and, uh, you know, trying to make sure, you know, we've definitely got, I think, more knowledge on the property than our partners do. But this is, this is one that we're teaming up and uh, we're trying to produce a new event. I think what excites me the most about that event is for 18 years now, it's Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, Great Stage Park has been a home of Bonnaroo. We've done some smaller things like fun runs with Red Frog events. Um, you know, the, the adventure 5Ks and some other smaller things out there, but we've never done another music festival. And the idea of putting on this, this rock fest uh, in Manchester, Tennessee is exciting. And the, I think there are a lot of people wondering, like, how is it going to compare to Bonnaroo? And like, we don't want to compare to Bonnaroo because this is a completely different experience than Bonnaroo is. But the, it's finally our opportunity to do some things that maybe you can't do at Bonnaroo. You can't do it at other events. But with this property, we can. Yeah. I think I think for the so, to, to the lay person though, it, it seems as though it's it's like watching a friend of yours who uh, has dated the same type of woman for for so long and then out of nowhere his next girlfriend <laughs> looks totally different than the last one and you're like, "What? He's got interesting tastes." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's going to be uh, definitely a unique analogy, except where I, in, in this case, we can, it's okay for us to carry more than one girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> My dude. My dude. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those of us that have been there, because a lot of people, especially around here, because it's again, it's 60 miles from here. How is it, but, how is the space going to be used differently? It's going to be much smaller, right? And not as much camping and, and, and what else? So whereas Bonnaroo is, is primarily a camping festival, I mean, really, it's what, like less than 10% don't camp and they're, you know, they're maybe in a hotel or they're, they're uh, you know, driving in each day or they happen to be local or something along those lines. Um, I think the majority of people who are coming to Exit 111, they're not camping. Um, you know, there, will, there are day tickets available for the event. So right there, there's a massive difference. Uh, and probably the biggest difference is it gets shut down every night. So Senaru, or what we've always referred to as Senaru, which I believe is called the venue for um, Exit 111, is that it has a closing time. Mm. And so it will shut down like a traditional city festival. And so if you're not camping, then you're going back and you're able to, you know, sleep in your own bed or sleep in a, a bed um, and have that different kind of experience there. So, I mean, that right there is probably the, the biggest difference. Um, and then I think programming, you know, the, the stuff with the paranormal circus, 
uh, some of the Red Bull action stuff, you know, because you're in the height of what football season, both college and NFL and, and heck for that matter, baseball, uh, getting into that, that time frame, uh, having the mega sports bar and some of those other things that are relevant to one, that audience, but also the experience we're trying to create, uh, it's, it's going to be different. Um, it's going to be very different. Did I, I also think it's, it's going to be an older crowd. I mean, yeah, you know, Guns yeah, N' Roses, yeah, yeah. Slayer, and those guys. So, I mean, off the bat, you're going to have an older crowd versus those, you know, looking to see Childish Gambino uh, and others. Did you say that? And let me go back for a second. Maybe I missed something. Did you say that there's not camping at Exit 111? No, there is camping. Okay. It, it is it, not. But Santa Rue will close. It's not or, like Hotis or, or whatever. Rue where Stages. everyone's camping. Okay, the reason I ask is because, it, and forgive me for sounding like a total total idiot on this one but i have to i have to you know punt on some of the stuff that i just don't know anything about i just found out and this is after 38 years of life that people camp at nascar races now i didn't know this because crazy enough i'm not a nascar fan and even growing up in richmond virginia even though we had the richmond motor speedway there i didn't know that people showed up and camped so i gotta imagine there will be plenty of people camping at this thing with their rvs uh, I, are this are the camps being set up the same way as as Bonnaroo's camps are set up in and around the pods that that were previously built? The showers are going to be working. The bathrooms going to be working like that. Uh, it will be different, but yes. I okay. mean, essentially, I you know we're we're trying to look to set up. I'm not going to call it like a KOA style experience, but we are evaluating it in a different way to where. If you're camping, you're coming, and here's your campsite, or at least the area that you're going to be in, and then be able to shuffle through. So it's it's one of those things that I, I think presents the the fun challenge is knowing that there's going to be a good number of people who are going to come in each day and leave each night, and then there's also going to be a good number of people that are staying and continuing their experience in the campground. Where are you seeing as far as uh, where tickets are coming from? Is it is it mostly? A Nashville ticket region, or is it uh, Tennessee? How far? How far is the is the reach going so far? I I would say your strongest pull is going to be within two hours of the site. So you draw a circle two hours okay. in every direction, uh, and that is that is really I'd say the sweet spot. So okay. I mean everything from Atlanta to to even you know even Charlotte, uh, Nashville, of course, Birmingham. Uh, Chattanooga, uh, Memphis, Knoxville—that that kind of range is is really—and we knew that going into it that that was going to be the biggest pull uh, from where it's at. And I think you know that's part of the reason why I think what makes that space so attractive is that within two hours you're hitting several major markets. Jeff, tying all this together, what we talked about today and what we talked about last time you you were with us, th- this festival is a good example, I think, of putting everything together, right? Because you have Bonnaroo, you have a site, you have Moon River. You have Asheville, mm-hmm. others that you've done. So maybe go over some of the things that, because uh, I know you've been talking about using great stages for several years now for other events. What was it about m- this event that you think makes it work? And what were sort of those, uh, you know, boxes that had to be ticked? You specific for exit 111? 111, yeah. What was it? What makes this different than the other events that makes you guys think? I mean, was it, it needed to be fall? It needed to be an older audience? It needed to be regional versus national? I mean, I'm, again, I'm not trying to put um, words in you. Just, just based on the conversations that we've had, I'm just trying to, you know, what was it, the, the, the items? We feel like there's work. an opportunity there. You know, there there are there are others producing events 
you know, like this, the opportunity that we have with Great Stage Park, we thought there's something special here. And if we put it together, we feel like the audience is going to come. And, it, you know, being able to serve to serve that that audience, that rock audience um, is, you know, that they're, uh, you know, a lot of them are very um, loyal attendees uh, to, to going to see, you know, a lot of these bands and being able to put these together in a different way. I just think we just thought there was an opportunity. And, you know, the, the fall in Tennessee is, is gorgeous. Uh, so the ability to kind of camp during that time frame um, is an opportunity. We kind of look at the, the age demographic that, that would be coming to it, too. You know, I, I think they're probably less apt to camp in June in Tennessee versus in October. Um, and then the opportunity, you know, on the sports side uh, and, and some of the other pieces that are kind of falling into place here. Uh, it, it For us, I think it was just a chance to do something Different. Yeah, well, see, that's I think that's the elephant in the room. Uh, it's so different. It it does lend itself to ask, are you scared? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Scared is not the right word. I mean, I think with any first year event, there's always some trepidation. Like, are people are people on the same page with us? Mm-hmm. You know, do they do our fans agree that you know this was a good idea? Are they, are they going to buy tickets? Uh, and then the reality for for any first year event. Um, you know, I think like something like Moon River, we were very fortunate to sell out in what eight hours the first year and like six hours this year, something like that. Um, you know, that is that that doesn't happen. That's not reality for the majority of music festivals out there. And we, you know, you have to build it. And I think there is because this is something so different. The opportunities there is, I think, there are people who are, who are coming this year are going to be blown away. And, it's, it's just you know, so now there is that other list. It's just so different. And, is, and it's like it doesn't like. Mm-hmm. I guess it's because I guess it's because we know you guys. I guess on a, a personal level, but but more so, I can see the brands that you guys have built. And this is so completely yeah. out of your lane. And uh, it's both. It's it's inspiring for one. Um, it's uh, and but damn near it's it's dangerous too because you're doing something that's completely mm-hmm. new. And and I guess the the thing that's so interesting is. You had a very specific model when you went for an inspirational guide for Bonnaroo. You had a very North Star, right? A very clear North Star. And we've mm-hmm. heard how it's manifested from year to year. Uh, the North Star for Moon River is pretty easy to find. Uh, what, was the, what was the inspiration behind 111? Where did it come from? How did it become? Was there something that, uh, that you, you patterned it after? Or is it just because you have a space it works. No, they're, they're definitely um, the, the, one of the main people behind it, Tim Sweetwood uh, on the C3 team. You know, this definitely is kind of his, his baby uh, in, in a sense. So uh, a lot I'm sorry, of you, what was his name? I didn't hear what you said. What was his name? Tim Sweetwood. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of this has come, you know, a lot of this vision uh, for this event and how it's kind of come together. You know, it's not like we just slapped it together in, in a matter of weeks. It's, it's been the conversation been going on for a couple of years and trying to find the right time and the right acts to, to launch it. And I think once, you know, we knew we had Guns N' Roses in, uh, in the mix, uh, it was like, okay, this is something we can definitely start to build around. And we knew we had other players kind of lined up. And, you know, again, we still talk about Bonnaroo in terms of how you create those lanes. So if you're a Leonard Skinner fan, but for some reason you're not a Guns N' Roses fan, there's still something for you on all three days. If you're a Def Leppard fan and not a Guns N' Roses or a Skinner fan, there's still something for you on uh, all those three days. So, so that approach stays consistent. But uh, a lot of this definitely came and pulled out of the mind of, uh, of him. Uh, in terms of where where he kind of wanted to go with it, and his 
his fandom of 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 the rock scene. Yeah. And then you know, if you, you know, the beautiful thing about all of both of our organizations is you we're all music fans. And and we all want to see different types of experiences and where we know, hey, we've always wanted to do this, but I can't do that at Bonnaroo. Mm, like it doesn't fit. Right. Like I'd love to do this at at Forecastle. It's not gonna work at Forecastle. But I sure as hell can do it at Exit One Eleven. Like that's that's one of those that like that's something that crowd is gonna really get behind. Dude, to uh, to like to, the paranormal circus. To to make to make this to make this work as well as it does. Does do you have to sort of turn over the room a little bit? Uh, for instance, uh, you've got a certain group of people uh, in the conversation no, that know what the Bonnaroo audience is gonna like. Um, I'm guessing those same people who are booking the artist for Bonnaroo, not necessarily the ones you go to to book the bands for Exit 111, or are they the same people? Um, yes and no. I think you're bringing in probably more opinions, and you know the people that kind of um, you know have you know have certain opinions. I mean, it's it, and we you know we've talked before about you know I'm I'm definitely a hip hop head. I, I don't book bands, but when some of those acts are being considered, um, there I'll have a, I, I get to have that conversation. Right. Like, what do you think? Do you think there's a draw here? Do you think it fits? And so you know our our booking agents know who the targets are and what they're going after, and when they need to have some of those more specific conversations, like how does this fall into the mix? Like what is it? You know what what do we think here? If we go here, what else do we need to complement that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think they're they are amazing at what they do because they know what they don't know, and they're not afraid to go ask questions to the people who are you know really digging in deep into some of the catalogs and uh, and and newer stuff that's kind of coming out there or even older stuff that's still relevant yeah I think the you guys being a music fan thing it's it's not a small it sounds like just something everybody would say, but it's the kind of thing that shows it's I call it uh, you know the difference between walking around and feeling like the answer is always going to be no versus the answer is let's see how we can make it work, you know, or, or yes. Uh, and you know, you get that feeling as a patron, like, you know, when you're walking up to a gate or something, you don't feel like you're, you're, you know, they've got the evil eye on you. You feel like, Hey, how can (laughs) come on in, have a good time. And it makes a huge difference. You talk about the public works guy smiling and, getting a high five from a guy in a banana is seems silly and small and that's what it is and you know in a big picture but at the end of the day i walked out with a smile on my face i think what barry's saying is he wants ashley caps and leather chaps i think that's where he's going with this (laughs) (laughs) no it's just that kind of attitude it's those little things that you walk away with that you know you take them home and when you add them all up it was a pretty good day versus you know, every turn was something negative, or so it makes a big difference. And I, and I won't lie uh, that doing the like the banana suit thing is just as much for me as it is for the fans. Oh, I, I like, you know, you kind of ask like, how how am I in it? Like the love you get from that, and just the people saying thank you, and like right. like man, I want to hug you. That was an amazing weekend. It's like yeah. you talk about some some affirmation. That it really is. It totally fills your heart up. You're like people really did appreciate what we put together here. And, uh, you know, I'm sharing my love, the fact that, that you came out and you're supporting this thing, which allows me to, to keep doing what I do for a living. But then it's also me, you know, being goofy and showing my appreciation right. and that side. And, and it's a, it's a total give and take. And it, it does, it means a lot. Well, there was uh, a part for, of for me, there, there was a part of me that was afraid you were about to give me a free sample of shampoo. Um, <laughs> <it was> a- <laughs> 
Strange. Like, what is this guy about to sell me? I don't know what it is. Um, but okay, so I've I've got some odds and ends that I want to I want to go through, and I know that uh, maybe it's because uh, we now can call each other friendly. Uh, I might be pushing pushing it a little bit. So if I if I go beyond my abilities and questions that I should or shouldn't be asking, you let me know. But I want to I want to try a couple of things. First off. How in okay. tune to, and I don't mean surveys, I don't mean reactions that you get, but how in tune to the things that people are saying that are that are real Bonnaroovians, whether it's on Inforu, the the websites, the Twitters, etc. How in tune to what they're saying are you guys? Do you do you feel like you got your hand on the pulse or their finger on the pulse of what they're saying, and what they're thinking? I'd like to think so. Okay. Now, what will you think if you think so? What do you think the number one thing they're saying that they either want, believe, need, feel for Bonnaroo would be for next year? Well, that's a great question. No, there's no pressure here. I don't mean to like if you get it wrong, you're gonna you're out. But <laughs> but I have a, I have a feeling <laughs> I know what it is. But uh, I want to see what you think it is. I, I think it, it really comes down to the Bonnaroovian code. And it, it, I think if you remember from our previous conversation, that that wasn't our code. That was from the fans. And and we hear it, you know, Radiate Positivity definitely is the one that probably carries true and through all throughout. But, you know, respect the farm. Stay true to Rue. Right. Play as a team. Um, all, all of those all of those kind of mantras, I think if we stick to that, and, and our fans are the first to tell us, hey, that's not true to Rue. When that happens, that's when we, it's, it's almost like we better check ourselves or we wreck ourselves. Okay. To me, that's where it really goes, is staying true to Rue and making sure that any time that we come up with an idea or attempt to change, improve, whatever we want to, you know, whatever word you want to use for it, we run it through that filter. Are we adhering to the Bonnaroo code? Okay. And as long as we can adhere to, adhere to the Bonnaroovian code, I think we'll maintain success. Mm-hmm. And there are certain times where, you know, we may have to push the envelope of what that means. But it, I, I think as long as we're not afraid to take that chance and then admit, hey, we messed up. Yeah. That didn't work. We're going to try something. You know, we're, we're going to fix that and do something different. Um, then we're always going to maintain that positive relationship with our fans and continue this festival for the next. Well, look, I, I, th- I think life is is a is a world built on a credit card that either has uh, a lot of credits earned vis a vis the credits that you've spent, and I think that you guys have a massive amount of credit on the credit card to uh, try things that may or may not work, and and you can come back around and be like, eh, that's okay, they'll be fine. They yeah. they've they got their they've got a north star here that's going to be okay. Okay, here's I'll let Barry go. Barry, what do you think the number one thing is uh, that that maybe the the Twitterverse, the Infarus want to see about Bonnaroo next year or the years in the past? The only thing I can come up with is a name, which is Dolly. Ding. Well, I Nailed I it. actually had that. That's where I was going to go with Brian. Uh, in fact, it was kind of funny. I think you had just left, Brad, but uh, Ted and I were talking. He said, "There's the guy. Go tell him." And you know, this was after my fourth. Uh, old- <laughs> So, you know, I had to be a smart aleck about it, but I was like, hey, have you thought about Dolly? <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so so I'm just going to come out and say it because, look, I, I, I the, not everybody gets uh, the AC guys on the phone. Uh, have Has anyone ever called Dolly? And I'm going to assume the question's yes, Every or the year. answer's yes. Every year is the answer I got. Okay. And then, thusly, what is the holdup? Dolly. Is uh, you, certain things, yeah. You, you can't really speak to all of it, but okay. yes. Has Dolly been approached? Barry nailed it. I, I'd, I'd say there is an open invitation for Dolly to perform Bonnaroo. Okay. And I'm not on the booking team, so maybe maybe I'm not allowed to say that. 
but I think if, if we could make it happen, it's something we want to make happen. But you, I mean, as you guys probably know, when you're an artist that level, there's a variety of things that are, that are kind of staying, I don't want to say standing in the way, but you know, that, that make up how you make your decision. And, um, you know, Dolly's going to do what Dolly wants to do because, well, she's earned that she right. Earned it. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's no earned that right. No doubt. So, uh, you know, what, would I love to see that someday as a fan? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I don't think there's 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 many artists that I can put in that that top rung that that haven't played the farm that I, I wouldn't you know go crazy to yeah. see live. And and, that, and, and that's sort of up there. and that's sort of where I'm going. Is there is there if Bonnaroo wants an artist, is there a price that is too much? Oh yeah, okay. There definitely, is a price that's too much, and we still have to. We, I mean. Like I said, we are a for-profit company. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. But and and I guess part of that could be, you know, does the ticket price change that year because of it? You know, that's uh, that's the part I don't. You know, I, I think that a lot has to be a lot of evaluation to say, okay, if we're going to do this, then you know maybe this is what happens, or do we look at things in a different way? Um, you know, I think there's you know a lot of other ideas you can probably throw out there in terms of artists that either you know some of them being reunited and things along those lines. And does that change how we potentially do something because it would be that major of a get? Right. But that then goes right. to what I mentioned earlier of of going through our bond review and code. Does does doing something like that that changes mm. X Y and Z? Does that are we staying true to Rue or are we? taking a chance that we don't need to take for that because, you know, as amazing as Dolly would be, and this is, this is no nocturne, as amazing as almost, you know, I, I could think of a, probably, you know, at least 10, 15 artists would be to play the farm. Does that change the fact that it is Bonnaroo and, and, and we like to think of Bonnaroo being this special place. And if it becomes all about this one act sure. or sure. this one person, right. Are and, we staying true to Ruth? That's very true. And, and the lanes that you talk about, I mean, yeah, do you, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, okay, so, so uh, okay, how much does the talent budget fluctuate from year to year? Um, I think we talk about talent. Talent's one of those things that uh, is is always increasing. Uh, and, and it's from a standpoint of it's, you know, that's how artists make money these days. And we understand. And I think there, there probably is a, a time where um, – I think probably that, that, and this is you know my my opinion um, that uh, it's going to have to write itself mm-hmm. because you know right. we still have to things you have to have portalettes you have to have waste management you have to have all of these things for every event you know whether it be uh, a festival like Bonnaroo or a festival like Moon River all of those pieces that come together I and mean, as we all know business doesn't doesn't get cheaper you yeah. know there's you know there's the, the cost of business seems to always be increasing. And at what point are we going to hit a, hit a price to where you can't have, you know, people aren't going to come because they can't afford it right. because they have to raise the ticket price yeah. or we have to rely upon other revenue streams to be able to support it. And not that I don't believe artists should, should make their fair cut. Um, I think almost too much pressure has been put on touring to where uh, it makes it a, a real challenge to, to kind of keep producing certain things, mm. um, which is, you know, why we've done some of the smaller, more boutique models is you can control talent another, another right. way. And we've also been our own worst enemies. When you're, when you're booking so many events out there, um, that can, you know, that can hurt too. You know, if it were, it used to be, I think was when we had less festivals out there, your opportunity to see X person was here 
or, you know, maybe three other places throughout the country. Right. And now you've got, you know, artists know that that's how they're making money. And when they're what, I mean, I just heard like Ed Sheeran just finished like a two year tour. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like insane to think about that, 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 that that's what's kind of happening right now is that's what artists have to do to make the money. All right. I get it. I want to, you know, when they're playing 80 dates in the U.S., I, I want to put uh, I want to yeah. put I want to put a question to rest that I've never heard the answer to that you can either uh, confirm or deny. When okay. uh, when there are from year to year, lineup to lineup, has there ever been a year where there has been money saved that has been used for the next year or in years in the future, thinking there might be an artist that you really want to go for that's going to cost you a lot of money? Has there ever been money that has been saved from one year and then moved to the next? No. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, part, no. Part that's, uh, we we look at each each year as an individual, and now we'll say that potentially there are favors that are set up to where we've done something one year, or let's just say there's a cancellation, and it's like we're going to do a make it on a, on a, on a future year of some sort. Okay. Um, now that can kind of happen, but each year is budgetarily its own year, and you're not going to say, okay, I'm going to save five hundred thousand dollars from 2018 and plug it to 2019. No, we don't do that. Okay. Thank you for saying that because I've always wanted somebody to clarify that because it's one of the more ridiculous rumors that I've heard in the past, yeah. uh, especially in years that haven't made, I don't know, insert person happy here. Oh, they're saving all the money for you two next year. I've always hated that. So yeah. that is not how anybody runs a business whatsoever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You all right. can't predict the future. Um, you, can't, how, you can't do that. And, and this is my final one. This is my final little odds and ends that I wanted to throw out there. Do you have your set headliners done? And if not, how far away are you? <laughs> I, I would have to defer to my booking team on that one. I know, I can't say if the ink is dry on some of them, but I know there are some serious conversations that have happened or happening. Let me, uh, and, you know, let we're, me Let me add on this because it... There. Let me add on this because it gets to the lane thing, and and it's especially because of knowing some of the festivals that around here that that I've watched, and they all do it. They, they do you guys start with the top, and then build the lanes, ah, or does it all good. different ways to do that? Yeah, I mean, you, it'd be hard to build the lanes if you don't know who the top is. Yes and no. I think there are. If you, if you look at it, even these days, the middle of the, not almost the middle of the pack, that sounds kind of bad, but the middle has become almost as uh, as important, if not more important, than some of the headliners. Yeah. And the headliners always draw big attention, but you'll hear it year in and year out, the favorite part of the festival was X person. Yep. And an X band was not in the top four lines. You know, they were below that. So, I, you know, there are definitely artists that we're looking at and, and have already been booked yeah. that that are that are you know they're not headliners they're they're in that middle of the pack where like they have to play the event like gotcha. we we gotcha. need them here like their their act is so amazing and you know who knows in, in five years they may be a headliner um, but no I I would say there there are certain pieces that we want to put in place just because of where they may be in their in their cycle and uh, where their popularity is is uh you know is coming after you know you know in the year we're currently in all right um here's or where what, we think they're going to be in a year here's my uh here's my uh stab at your 2020 bonnaroo lineup you ready all right i've i've put a lot of thought into this i want barry to uh, barry can't see my screen is too but this was written on july 3rd 
July 3rd, I wrote July, this. Okay. All right, so I'm, I'm, yeah. good thing I've, I wrote this down. You can see when I wrote it, July 3rd. This is my prediction of what the Bonnaroo lineup will be, and we'll get Barry's prediction here in a second. Black Keys. And, and to be clear, you will get no hints. I understand. You're right. I, I have no affirmation. <laughs> it's all right. No Just groans. G- give, no. Me, give me a, a no groans, giggles. No giggles. Right. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Yep. Black Keys, Chance a Rapper, Zed, Tame Impala, Zach Brown, My Morning Jacket, Billie Eilish, Spoon, and Brittany Howard. That's your top two, three lines. Uh, I've got a whole list here, but there you go. That's my guess as the best guess scenario for next yeah, year. For next year, it's not bad. I don't put that kind of thought into it. I like love it. No, do. because if 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 there's anything that Bonnaroo, the underground Bonnaroo kids love the most, it's right about now when oh, they yeah. start figuring out <laughs> what is up anybody's yeah, sleeve. We'll start seeing who's touring. Oh my and god, who's it's not, the best. And <laughs> it's the best. It's fun. It's the best. And one of those names on that list, I absolutely was told will be there. Now, now Jeff doesn't have to to say anything, but I know for a fact. One of those names will be on there because they told me specifically they were coming. Right. So if they blow it, I'm going to be really mad about all this. Right. All right. Well, we'll so there see. you go. The band, That's all I got. said that? Yes. Or the, the artist said that? The absolute artist said it, yes. Told me. That's all I know. Right. He's, okay. a, bi- he's a big right. deal. He's, I'm just, he's a big deal, Jeff. I will... I will, I will, I will, <laughs> once, once the lineup is announced, I'll show you exactly who it is and I'll tell you, and I'll show you my note that I made on July 3rd, who it is. All right. I and then guess. you can argue we'll with their management then. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Jeff, man, you're the best. Thank I love it so too. I love it so time. much. I love the conversation. We could do this all day. You guys are, you're the best. You guys are the best. We, we, we can't thank you enough for, for spending so much time here. Well, thank you. Thank you for the support. And, uh, this is, this is always, it's always a fun time. Welcome to the What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. Uh, we didn't do this earlier in the show. That's Barry Corder from the Chattanooga Times Press. I'm Brad from a uh, Top 40 radio station in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, but most of all, we just love Bonnaroo, and we appreciate Jeff Cuellar coming on and talking a little bit about Bonnaroo. What I loved about the conversation, not just you know how you know they've expanded the the farm and the things that they're doing on it with the Exit 111 Fest. We'll see how that goes, but what I loved was his acknowledgement that everybody in the building sort of already knows that how much we're clamoring for Dolly. Yes. Yes. I was going to say, can you turn that up so they can hear it in not? Yes. <laughs> yeah. They are very aware. As I, as we said earlier, we had a chance to talk to some of those guys during the moon river festival and they offer every single year and it just has to be the right thing. And it's going to be completely on her. You know, I don't think it's money. Uh, she, I don't think needs the money, mm-hmm. um, and and if she, you know, I, I, anyway, you're right, it, and it is really on her, and I hate I hate putting it on her because then it, we're just all waiting for her to 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 value us, right? So you you almost feel like, am I good enough for you? <laughs> do you love me enough? Well, we do. And what the are point, we doing wrong? The point that I I think I and others have been trying to make about this Dolly thing is it's yes, it's selfish, but she. She embodies everything that this festival is and the reason why we love it so much. And I think that the the serendipity of it all, I can't imagine there being a dry eye on the farm. Yeah. And I damn near think that it would be as big of a crowd as McCartney. I agree. She doesn't have to do nights. She doesn't have to do a big overwhelming light show. She doesn't have to do. No. She doesn't have to bring over a whole bunch of friends. She just needs to stand on that stage, give us I Will Always Love You, 
and we will be bawling like just babies. Just be Dolly. Just, just be Dolly. Just be Dolly. No, you're, that's a great point. We don't. I would be disappointed if it was a big, huge stage. I, I could I have her that. and a piano player and a yeah. guitar player. And so, do you remember last year when Brandy Carlisle had that entire crowd? Very similar. By the by, a, a shoestring. I mean, she had yeah. them dangling, and you could hear pin drops from from front to back. Yep. Now, whether or not you like the Brandy Carlisle show or not, I loved it personally. But that's I don't know how you couldn't. Like but that's the kind of thing that Dolly has. She has the power over a crowd. And again, I keep coming back to this over and over and over. She embodies everything that this festival yeah. is. And um, if there are white whales out there that they haven't gotten to, I'm sure that. You know, there's somebody that's going to tell you Stones and and whoever, but the white whale is Dolly. And nobody else in the country could say that other than Bonnaroo. Coachella's not saying that. Yeah. You know, um, Governor's Ball sure as hell is not saying that. It's it. This is this is the place that she would be appreciated more than maybe yeah. anywhere else. She is Tennessee. She is this philosophy. Everything about it is her. So yeah, it's they, just, if you've I, hope never, she, I hope she finds that out. Excuse me. If you've never been, I mean, the ten, the Tennessee Tourism Board comes down there. Nashville people come down. It. You're exactly right. It. It's a, as much as it's a national, international festival, Tennessee is front and center in that. And she's, man, I can't think of anybody that represents that anymore. That, and it's interesting to me, I mean, I know your taste, you know my taste. I can see the fact that we both like her a lot, but everybody yeah, likes her. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It doesn't right. matter the age group. I mean, I think even the EDM kids would yes. be over there to singing to islands see in the, the stream. <laughs> yes, I, that is to a, see the legend. It's a phenomenal point. It is amazing, and there's not many artists that that no matter what you like, everybody can sing along to Dolly. Yeah, and there's not a person that's going to be like, oh, this this show stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to say that. No. Or I didn't know she did that. Yeah. You know, like, Jolene, that's her. Yeah. 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 I, I would love to see her. Me too. And it's such a home run. All right. So here's what I'm, uh, I'm hoping that you will do in the time that we have uh, between now and whenever we decide to come back, uh, give us your lineup predictions. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think will actually happen. Not your wish list. Yeah. Everybody's got a wish list. I don't want a wish list. I want to see what you actually think the lineup will be um so you got you got a early you got some early um footing on us you got a you got one up on us a little bit because now you know that billy and chance are completely out <laughs> and black keys are 50 50 at best so there you go uh make us uh, make a lineup for us and, and tell us what you think is going to happen also uh we should give a shout out because uh, they've been good to us uh, the rubus guys yeah go started, listen to their podcast is it good i haven't heard it yet yeah, I, I just listened to the first one, and they were working out some kinks, but they are uh, collecting. They're taking it a different angle. You know, you and I, because of what we do and just because of the way things have worked, are more of an insider's kind of look yeah, at Yeah, we sort of dork out on the nuances. Yeah, we like it, that, sure. and it's great to have a, somebody like Jeff Quayar who gives us that inside baseball stuff. But uh, the Rubus folks are collecting stories, so... yeah. Call them. Uh, they had our friends repeat, repeat on. Good. On the last By the one. way, I saw them open up for the uh, Black Keys. Whew, that show. Oh, there another that one shows. I meant to say would probably be on my prediction list, maybe. You uh, probably know more than I do, but uh, I could see them being okay. on. Okay. All right. Um, but anyway, yeah, go check out uh, the Rubus um, podcast. Just Google, you'll find it. And uh, 
or they're on Twitter. Yeah, I'd love to. Li- I, I haven't got around to listen to it, but they're such good people, and I can't imagine they're doing uh, anything less than a stellar job at uh, telling and, uh, I guess, personifying exactly what this whole thing is. Yeah, they want to collect uh, all your stories, your funny, your meaningful, you know, whatever. What does Bonnaroo mean to you kind of thing. That's awesome. So it's cool. Yeah, it's go awesome. Check it out. Yep, go check it out. And uh, until we uh, talk again, uh, send us those predictions, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully be back soon. Through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.